spring forward at Banana Republic Factory with 50 to 70% off everything. Shop season favorites from colorful dresses to easy tops from $19.99. Find your nearest store or shop online only at Banana Republic Factory. Enjoy 50 to 70% off almost everything at Gap Factory and GapFactory.com. Shop tees from $6.99 and joggers from $24.99, plus extra 15% off online. Exclusions apply. Shop the sale through April 6th. Me, 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 but also you. The Pharaoh fast-forwards his favorite foreign film, Powder Donut. <clears throat> Okay, what's my line? Uh, the only line I see here on the script is get options based on your budget with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. Oh man, that's a tongue twister, huh? I'm sorry, I'm gonna need a few more minutes. <clears throat> bulbous Walrus, the Bulbous Walrus. The Name Your Price tool, only from Progressive. The owl ran afoul of the comatose Coxswain. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome into DC On Screen, episode 324. We are getting super spoilery on Supergirl, Mr. and Mrs. Mixie Spittlelick. I'm your host, David C. Robertson. This is my co-host, Jason Goss. Hello. To recap, Mr. Mixie, Mixie Spittlelick <laughs> is out to get him a Supergirl. He comes bearing promises of showing her the world, but she's not into it. Monel, who has seen fifth-dimensional beings before, is feeling a little more hostile about his intrusion. Supergirl swears that she could take care of the little imp, but Monel steals some fifth dimensional tech to challenge Mixie on his own. He fails, and Kara swears that she and Monel are fundamentally wrong for each other. She don't like failure. She mm. also agrees to marry Mixie, but only if it's done at the Fortress of Solitude. When Mixie arrives, she explains that she will never marry him, and has set off a bomb that will destroy them both. He pleads that the world needs Supergirl, and she reluctantly agrees to let him disarm the bomb, which is a ploy to get him to spell his name backwards, which banishes him back to the fifth dimension. Elsewhere, Wynn has found a feisty woman from Starhaven to take a chance with, and Maggie overcomes her Valentine's drama to make a special moment for Alex. And finally, a humble Monel admits he was wrong, and Kara admits she was lying about whether they could be together. Then they appear to get very together. So, um, yeah, they... The show let her kiss somebody! Woo! I know, I was about to say, you were wrong. You were wrong about <clears throat> I was so happy that. for her. But now, yeah. then it looked, it looked weird then. Like, like her mouth took yeah. a wow-wow moment. I was like, oh, ooh, oh, okay, they're going for it. All right. Yeah, it's a little bit like watching your little sister make out. It's like, it, it, Yeah, it, it felt, it felt like that. Like, um... Uh, I, I was glad that they, like I was kind of glad the show was over. I didn't feel like I should be watching that. Yeah, it was gross. Yeah, <laughs> cooties. Can <laughs> I tell you my favorite so, little like moment from this episode? What was that, man? <clears throat> Supergirl just drinking OJ like a gangster. I don't know why that moment made me so made me laugh so much, but she's it's like the one it's it's a funny little line early on like I can't make you do this, can't make you do this, can't be drink orange juice for some reason. So they just drop that and then like she comes back to the fortress and she's just like staring him down drinking orange juice. Like, yep, I can do it. Can't make mm-hmm. me though. I don't know. The moment was really good for me. <laughs> yeah, I I saw her with the orange juice and went, ah, that's a callback. I know he said something about orange juice earlier, but I forgot what it was. Well, I laughed at the orange juice line earlier, and then and, you know, I just thought it was a weird little throwaway, and then the stare down with it was that was a good payoff. It was it was well done, yeah. well done for me. Of of all things that they they decided could be a Chekhov's gun in this episode, it was the, it was orange, the orange juice. juice. Yeah, <laughs> why not, man? I don't know. <laughs> I'd even written it down because I just thought it was funny. Like, go figure. Yeah. 
No. I thought it was weird that they got, you know, they're, they're the competition. Disney pretty much owns Marvel now, but they're but he's still singing Aladdin songs. I know. I thought it was a cool genie nod, though. It was. It was a nice nod. It was. Um, though from this writing group, I would expect more of a Q reference, but whatever. You know. I still think you got a Star Trek reference in, um, in Lyra's makeup. I, she yeah. Looks, she looks, is it Romulan that I'm thinking of? She looks very mm. familiar. She looks like something from Star Trek. Actually, she looks more like Darla from Buffy, if you ask me. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. <laughs> not as but, much, uh, uh, not as much like eyebrow furrow, but yeah. Okay, so one of my favorite things was when Mixie turns the guns around. And says he saw this in a movie. I'm pretty sure you're talking about X Men. <laughs> and and then Supergirl saves the criminals, and the one criminal goes, "Thank you, Supergirl." And she just like cracks him in the head. <laughs> <laughs> That was good. I actually thought um, Mixie for the, I'm just going to say Mixie. Just I'm not going to bother with the rest of it. Um, was pretty damn charming, actually. Kind of liked him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was funny. He was funny. He was fun. Uh, like the whole like Hamilton Burr thing. Pretty pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I there's like a scene that I always wish I. It's almost up there with that like uh, what they call it like Dragon Soccer or whatever the other day. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> he he says like. Um, <laughs> the Daxamites have have experienced fifth dimensionals before, and Monel just says like those guys don't know how to party. But and man, don't don't you want to see what a party just full of fifth dimensionals looks like? <laughs> uh, in my head, I, I would assume that it would be so outlandish that human beings couldn't. I would actually just fathom literally it. imagine I couldn't. I couldn't like physically picture it. I, I would get in there and like my brain would recajigger it into like a tame tea party or something just to just so I wouldn't lose my sanity completely. Mhm. Yeah. Yeah. Get in there and like there's, there's like giraffes made of rainbows and shit. Yeah. <laughs> you remember the uh what what was that bit on uh, it was a cartoon back in the 90s, uh Tiny Toons. Mhm. You remember that? Mhm. You remember the uh Finally, down the hole. What was the dodo? Was that what his name was? The yeah. I don't remember. He was like that weird bird that lived in. He had like an umbrella on his head, and he lived in that crazy world. <laughs> you don't remember it that well. <laughs> I I, don't. I remember really liking the show, but at this point, it's like the the down the hole bit is all I remember. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so it's another great little send up with Monel. Um, he says like, well. That he mentions the like saying the name backwards thing, and um, mm-hmm. she says like, "Well, why didn't you tell me about that?" He says, "I didn't tell you because it never works." Yeah, that's a nice nod to just how silly a gimmick this is for for uh, fifth dimensionals. Yeah. Speaking of Monel, things were easier on Daxon when I objectified women and didn't care about anyone. <laughs> mm-hmm. I enjoyed that. Well done. Uh, he actually got a couple of good moments, um, like Kara's. Uh, saying she's going to marry him, uh, she's going to marry Mixie and all that, and she gives him the, the heave-ho speech, and, oh, we're going to be able to do so much good together, we'll make a great team. And it goes back to Monel just saying, I thought we were going to do that. I felt for him. I felt for him, man. <laughs> I didn't. I, I didn't know, fall I, for her ruse. Oh, I, I was. I didn't know so much fall for the ruse, but I sure as hell fell for the... Um, I I didn't realize how much I was shipping Monel and uh, and, and Car until I like saw the, the hurt in his eyes there. Oh, he really cares. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> I mean, all this is going to blow up when it turns out he's the prince and he's being tracked. So. Oh, yeah. It's going to burn hard. But, you know, fun while it lasts. I loved Wynn telling Monel, we look with our eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I, I kind of 
Oh, you got to see Parasite again, by the way. Eh. No. Oh. That thing looks gross. I don't want to keep seeing that. <laughs> it's Parasite. He's always going to look gross. Every time something come, that thing comes out of his mouth, I'm like, eh. Like, unless Bruce Tim draws him, he just looks terrible. Right. Bruce Tim actually did the opposite. He just kind of covered up his mouth. Yeah. <laughs> he was just, like, yeah. He was a Ken doll. Yeah. I thought I thought the idea of uh, Mixie turning the giant drill statue into a into a foe for Kara was interesting. And it was fun. it was cool. Now what's annoying is she's like, "Sorry, Uncle." I'm like, "Shut up! You know it's not him." You know, there's <laughs> moments like that where like I kind of I can kind of get along with that kind of pattern because I could see myself thinking something like that around the time. Uh huh. I like I could see myself personifying this statue just just briefly before I punched it. Yeah. But you would, would do it in a funny way. No, I would do it internally. <laughs> like I know I would yeah. be thinking, like, "Oh, sorry, Unc." Right. I don't. I don't know if there's a, a a way to to be funny out loud about certain things. So, but you know, that's the important value of knowing when to open and shut your mouth. Mm-hmm. I never learned that lesson. That's why no, I have a podcast. Yeah, so it's, that's why we're here. Basically, we have no idea how that works. <laughs> So this episode was written by Jessica Queller and Sterling Gates. Sterling Gates being a comic book writer, DC Comics comic book writer for Adventures of Supergirl. Mm-hmm. I'm always happy when they bring people over. Yeah, he had some real cred there. He wrote for a few years. Uh, now. Always happy with that. Um, <clears throat> so a couple of things. Mm-hmm. are How how open are aliens in, in National City, in the, in the world, in this Earth 38 or whatever it is? Um, <laughs> it, it, because it seemed like, hey, we're going to have a bar because this is where we can all openly be ourselves. And, and now we've got an alien going out. Yeah, they're official. Eating with Wynn. They're official. Yeah. I mean, that and, was uh, especially like, remember the White Martian episodes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the, the Alien Registration Act passed, as far as I know. Now, we still don't know why um, Linda Carter's character on the show flashed her eyes red. I don't know what the deal is with the um, with the Alien Registration Act. Surely that's like a, a, a thread we're going to pick up later. Maybe. Um, maybe Terry Hatcher and Hercules will come show us. I don't know. But it is established. Like, they're out there at varying oh, yeah. levels of being out there, I guess. Like, some people are more or less comfortable with it, but they're out there. Yeah. All right. Well, I, you know, he said something about, like, they're like, oh, she's, they're staring. He's like, let them stare. Who cares? And I'm like, I didn't see anybody staring. Yeah, they never actually show you people staring. Like, it's weird. It's a it's a thing, though, that I've seen several times in, in TV and movies. Just... Yeah. They don't actually glance around. It's like they don't want to bother casting anyone to glance around. They can just throw a line in. You'll believe it. <laughs> That's some kind of crap I would pull. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't have money to show people actually being derivative. Just say it. All right. All right. And uh, this is something that Bethany brought up about this episode. My girlfriend, Bethany, she uh, brought it up to me, and I hadn't seen it yet. And then I saw it, and I was like, yeah, that's weird. Um, So here's my justification Alex and Maggie are crazy <laughs> what was and have a serious death wish and or, you know, thrill-seeking issue. I mean, they're both in law enforcement, incredibly dangerous jobs. Mm-hmm. So I guess it stands to reason that they just leave their fireplace burning all the damn time. Ah, yes. <clears throat> it's like they come home, fire's burning, then they leave with the fire burning and the other also, one comes home with the fire burning. It's also a major issue here is they both live in apartments. Uh-huh. So, I mean, that is just, uh, that's uh, that's almost criminally negligent at that point, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> she, uh, she's right now that you mention it, but um, yeah, some, some downright dangerous behavior. Risking the lives of the rest <laughs> of their building just so they can come home to a fire. 
Ridiculous people. Like, Alex, Maggie, what are you doing? Supergirl will save them. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> what are you doing this weekend? Base jumping? Why? I told Carl it'll be fine. Are you going to leave the fire burning in your apartment the whole time? Oh, hell Probably. yeah. Probably. Arctic breath, biatch. I mean, I know it's one of those television conceits, you know, like when people pick up the phone, they're like, blah, 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 and then they just hang up. They don't even say bye to each other. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> yeah. In real life, if you try that, and you're like, all right, I'll be I'll be there in about 15 minutes, and you just hang up. It feels rude. I mean, you and me, we're fine, yeah. but... Well, I've tried it. I just experimentally, I have actually tried it, and it feels weird. Like I feel, I kept, I had the feeling that I should pick up the phone, call someone back, and say, "Hey, I meant to say bye, bye." Mm-hmm. Yeah, just feels unnatural. Like, I've tried it, and people are like, "Why did you hang up on me?" Or did your phone just cut out? And I'm like, "No, we were done talking." Yeah, I know. Oh, that's not okay. Oh, it, and okay. It, it is though. It's a. It's some people are are like this though. It is. It's legitimate. I I, knew, I do actually know a couple people that like when the content section of the phone call is over, I'll go to say something and, and they're, they're not there. They're not there. <laughs> so it's, it's precedented. I know it's precedented. It's just that those people are going to die alone. <laughs> <laughs> say bye like a human. All right. I think that's it for this episode. What do you think, man? No, no. I had two more things. Really? <clears throat> oh, okay. Um, I really liked the concept um, from, from John on some planets to write something down is to truly say it. I did like that. I really like that concept. Um, that was that was that was touching. Also, like the little bit about you can't force love. You have you know you, you have to let it find you. Just good advice, I thought. But were, were you really gonna let me get out of here without mentioning that you want to get nuts? Let's get nuts. Oh yeah, yeah. I did write that down because uh, I just couldn't read it because I scribbled it. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't know what that was. Oh, that's what that is. <laughs> now, man, we got some Keaton in this thing. A little bit. Mm-hmm. I forgot about that, though. That was, a, yeah. that was a pretty good laugh. Pretty good laugh for me. I appreciated that, that little send-up. That was weird. That's all I had, though. Somebody on that staff really likes the 89 Batman movie. I know. We've talked about how they have Ever Dance with the Devil in the Pale Moonlight off off camera. No, it's not off camera anymore. Remember the, uh, when they yeah, evacuated? Yeah, it has shown up. Yeah, when they evacuated, it showed up officially. So there are now two official lines from that movie in this in this series. I do. I just yes, I have we... I have to believe that movie exists in this reality in in on Earth thirty eight. No, 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 no. I don't think so. I don't think the movie exists. Nah. It's other it's other realities. Like you remember the bit from well from DC Comics where they <laughs> where it was like the JSA actually existed in the JLA's timeline. It was just or they they were a comic book. Yeah. And whoever wrote them were, was inspired by another yeah, like, Earth. Yeah. Barry used to, like, read about Jay Garrick. and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's what it is. I I mean, yeah. I, I'm just saying that I, I think Michael Keaton's Batman uh, was a, a movie that happened somewhere in Earth-38. I don't. And there we leave it. They talk about Gotham City in this universe. I don't, I, well, that's the other thing is, like, why don't they, I mean, if you have actual heroes out there, there's no reason you can't have, you know, movies about those heroes. It's not like they're... It's not like Batman's going to call you on copyright infringement. Yeah, but no one knew that Bruce Wayne was Batman. Ah, uh, see, that's why I would imagine you just kind of, like, pick a name. I'm not going to tell you that it's exactly the same. It's probably like they picked the random asshole's name for the, for the like, I don't know, it's like John Gilbert as Batman or something. Mm-hmm. But Now, I'm not saying that it's unprecedented for it to be a movie. Oh, and that might be interesting. We know that it was a movie in the Flash, the 90s Flash series, mm-hmm. because we see Barry walk by the movie theater. The giant movie theater, yeah. 
And uh, so, I mean, if that is Earth 38. <laughs> That's where you have the Flash 90 series happening now? <laughs> I mean, you know, I don't think so, but we know it at least exists as a movie in the multiverse. <laughs> it's somewhere out there. I'm not saying all the details are the same, but the content is basically there. I think there's a Batman movie involving those lines. Mm-hmm. Now, that useless debate aside, I think I'm pretty much done here. It's not a useless debate. We've seen John Wesley Ship's flash in the time stream, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the in the vibe vortex, or whatever you would call it. Uh, the so I don't think it's useless. Tunnel. I, that's what these people have done. You can you can you know rail on them for being cheesy if you want. Sometimes they are, but man, they made this a viable argument. <laughs> yeah. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> Guys, we are DC On Screen. You can check out every episode of DCOnScreen.com. We're on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. Come, talk to us on Twitter, Facebook, those things. We're going to be coming right back with a review of Attack on Gorilla City, Flash 313. Part 1. Until next time, guys, keep some DC on your screen. This is your new home speaking. I know you haven't moved in yet, but I need some favors. Could you dust the blinds? The dust makes me feel dusty. Also, we could save a lot of money if you bundled your home and car insurance with GEICO. It's super easy to do online or over the phone. Last favor, when you move in, could you stick to one aesthetic? The last owner had a weird mix of floral wallpaper and nautical tchotchkes, and I can't have another identity crisis. GEICO. For bundling made easy, go to GEICO.com today. Get the max out of your tax refund at iMart Express. With two pairs starting under 40 bucks, you'll spend less on the have-tos and keep more for the want-tos. Our quality glasses are made in-store by skilled lab techs that take care of your glasses from start to finish, getting them back to you with same-day speed. Get two pairs of glasses starting under 40 bucks or two pairs of progressives for under 80. Our prices won't break the bank. Your tax refund goes further at iMart Express.